The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour with Josh Dunn and Anshu Khanna. The Bavada at Odds Podcast. My name is Seth Everett. I'm joined by the head odds maker at Bavada, Patrick Morrow, as we break down the latest odds in all the major sports. NFL week to week as the playoffs are upon us. We'll break down the latest odds plus the futures. It's the Bavada at Odds podcast. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. You are now in the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour. I am Josh Dunn. I'm joined as always by Anshu Khanna. Big weekend for you, my friend. We've got the NFL playoffs divisional round. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the big James Harden trade at the end of the show. We're going to be looking at BovadaSportsBook.com for all the betting lines. But Anshu, how you feeling ahead of a big game here on Saturday afternoon? I'm feeling good, man. Uh, fun first weekend of uh, of super wild card weekend for the first time. Uh, I thought it was a lot of pretty good games, some not as good as others. But uh, this week, I feel like we're going to get some great ones. I mean, hard to argue that we don't have, you know, the eight best teams in the league this year playing right now. And uh, or at least seven of the eight, I would say. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. How, how are you doing? I'm hanging in there. I'm excited for this weekend. I'm, I'm a little bit surprised uh, with with who the Packers' opponent ended up being. What what were your thoughts on the Rams being able to go into Seattle? Obviously, no crowd, but being able to go into Seattle and pull out a, a road victory. Obviously, Wolford gets the start. He goes down on the vicious hit by Jamal Adams, and then uh, J- Jared Goff comes in with you know obviously definitely not playing at 100. percent Did not look great early, but he kind of guts things out, and they get a big win. Uh, you know, primarily with the ground game. I know you and I have been talking about Cam mm-hmm. Akers a lot this year and, you know, waiting for him to get his chance. Obviously, he battled some injuries, but they go in and win on the road. I mean, how do you feel about the Packers uh, and, and what they ended up getting a, as their opponent here in round one, I guess round two, but uh, at home here uh, at Lambeau, they're six and a half point favorites looking at Bovada. I'm a little surprised the line's only six and a half based on, you know, what we've seen out of the Rams, but this is a team that has a lot of talent. They're not too far removed from a Super Bowl uh, performance against uh, in a losing effort. But what, what are your thoughts here on the Rams coming into the Green Bay? Yeah, I mean, my first thought was excitement because when they win, it meant the Bucks wouldn't be playing the Packers. And we talked about how that's probably, you know, the most obvious kryptonite for Green Bay in these playoffs in the NFC. But, you know, after having taken some time and looked at them, I mean, I think this defense – has the potential to to give the Packers problems just in terms of matchups. And, you know, I thought at first, after watching the end of that game, that maybe you'd see a Rams team without Aaron Donald, without potentially Cooper Cup. It looks like both those guys will play. Looks like Jared Goff is likely to play as their starting quarterback this weekend, which I think is honestly kind of a good thing right now because he just doesn't seem to be himself. And, you know, he has not done well in the cold over his career. So, 
Um, my initial reaction was excitement. My uh, my overthinking reaction now is a little bit of trepidation. I think the line is about right. Like it's probably, I think it should probably be like seven ish. But Bovada tends to know what they're doing, so I'll I'll defer to them. But uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on the matchup for Green Bay? I mean, if there's a, if there's a team that has defensive players that can slow, you know, Devonte Adams and, and Aaron mm-hmm. Jones down, it's it's Aaron Donald, and uh, you know, obviously Jaylen that Ramsey. secondary Jalen Ramsey in particular that that can do it. I I that's the only thing I would say is that they have the guys that you would expect to to cause some disruption. Uh, for that Green Bay offense that really has not been disrupted much this season. I mean, we think back to that Green uh, that that Tampa Bay game. That was the only one that really you didn't see the Aaron Rodgers that that should be the MVP of the league this year. And I I, I still think Green Bay is going to end up winning this game. I, I'm, I'm I, like I said, I'm a little surprised the line is only six and a half because Green Bay is just so good offensively. But you 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 have to you know you have to be honest with yourself about what the Rams can bring to the table on the defensive side of the ball, and it's not just those two guys. There's other guys who have been playing really well, especially a week ago. They they had pressure on Russell Wilson a lot. Uh, I know mm-hmm. he made some plays out of the pocket, was able to get running, but uh, I, I just I still think Green Bay is too much when it comes down to it, and I just don't think the Rams' offense is good enough. The one thing I will say is if Cam Akers can get going, Green Bay's mm-hmm. run defense has not been the best at times this year. So if, if the Rams give themselves the ability to lean on the run, they could at least make this game interesting. But I just, I just think green Bay is too good. I think six and a half, uh, you know, I would have, I would have expected it to be a little higher, something like eight, eight and a half, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm not, I'm not necessarily surprised by the line, but I, I think that uh, green Bay is still just significantly better team, regardless of, regardless of Jared Goff's health. I mean, I, I Jared Goff was so inconsistent this season, I just I don't believe in him to win a playoff game. I know he did it a week ago, but it was largely in part to that run game. Uh, I think the forty-five and a half to me is more attractive than the line. I, I think that mm. I think that, that that should go over despite the the Los Angeles Rams having uh, playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. I just I, I think Green Bay is still going to score points. They're still going to get theirs. I know it's I know it's Lambo. I know it's the winner, but uh, I expect this game to still have some fireworks. I I think if there are fireworks, it's going to benefit Green Bay in a big way. Cause like, you know, this, the Rams greatest show on turf type teams we've seen over the last few years, like they, that, that Rams offense with the wonder boy, Sean McVay is, it's just not really come to the forefront, you know, and I'm as big a McVay guy as there is, but like, for whatever reason, you know, they've, they've gone to the run. And I think a lot of that is because Jared Goff has sort of handcuffed them in some ways. And, um, you know, like you say, I mean, if, I think that Cam Akers' explosion last week is going to serve them well this week. But at the, in terms of just like the play action, I think the Packers just absolutely have to respect what Akers brings to the table because that, that Seahawks defense was playing a lot better heading into the playoffs. And to give up, what, 130 yards to Akers, um, you know. Yeah, he had like 180 not, total, didn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah, because he had like 40, 50 yeah. uh, in the air. And, I mean, that's that's something that the Packers – I think in some ways it benefited Green Bay to watch that game to like – to see how it worked well for, for the Rams, you know, but um, at the same time, you know, McVeigh and LaFleur have this, have this shared history. And so I don't know who that benefits really. Like, I, I mean, I would guess they both kind of like work towards a stalemate and um, I, I mean, I'm fascinated. I think that it's, it's a great chance for LaFleur to sort of exercise some demons that he maybe has failed in big games against like his, you know, his sort of his mentors. So I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in the game. I, I don't think it's a great matchup for Green Bay, but I think to your point, like 
if you just look at the season, like they've been the better team really across the board. Uh, but like you say, the matchups are, are a little tricky at, if nothing else. Yeah, and DK Metcalf did get his a little bit uh, last week as well. So, you know, mm-hmm. that, that True. I'm not saying that, uh, you know, not every game is the same. It took him a little while to get going. He was very frustrated at the beginning of the game. I mean, visibly frustrated on the sidelines. Yeah. But, Which you don't um, see out of him. Yeah. yeah, he definitely lost his cool. And I, I, I don't know how much of an impact that had on the rest of the game. I mean, he certainly got the ball more. But you saw at times, you know, the frustration uh, really being vented on the sidelines uh, toward, the other, toward other players on the team, toward the coaching staff. That, that doesn't always bode well. So regardless, mm-hmm. I think the Seahawks were just a different team early on in the season and late in the season. And they proved that, you know, the, 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 the worst version of them showed up. And, you know, I, I get, the Rams are just a tough team to figure out. Uh, but I think Green Bay is just too good. Yeah, I I tend to agree, but I think that it's, you know, maybe it's an overthink, but it's like, you know, the, the same we've talked about the Rams all year. I feel like they've been one of our kind of thematic teams of the year where, you know, they they sort of vacillated back and forth between being this team that's a real threat to win it and then maybe not. And now they've just become this like oddity, you know, this team you think of Sean McVay and, you know, spreading it out and throwing it around a little bit and just being really creative. It feels more like they're just a defensive minded team that's just trying to hang on and score enough. And I mean, if you think about the the Packers against the Rams, like can the can the if the Rams hold the Packers to like twenty four points, I feel like that's a good performance for that defense. Can their offense score twenty four on the road? You know, I just I don't know. I don't know that I see that. So I could see them covering a seven point or six and a half point spread, but I don't know that they're going to be you know scoring lots of points in that. Point well taken. Good luck, my friend. I know you're looking forward to it. All right, let's move on. We've got an AFC battle this weekend on Saturday as well. That's uh, the Baltimore Ravens will take on the Buffalo Bills, two teams that played last weekend. Uh, both of them had d- tough matchups. I mean, these these games were, I think, closer than I thought. I mean, I, I assume based on what you said a week ago, you felt the same way. But the Titans mm-hmm. hung tough defensively. That was the big thing for me uh, against the Ravens is I expected Lamar Jackson to – to have a bit of a field day. And he, he did do that on the ground, but throwing the ball, he wasn't great. He had the interception before halftime, uh, didn't throw any touchdown passes in this game, just really didn't look great overall. But the Ravens defense was able to shut down Derrick Henry. And then obviously Buffalo, we had the, the horrible call at the end of the game that really should have been a fumble. Uh, I think it was Pascal. Uh, yeah. And, and and obviously Indianapolis still falls short. I think Phillip Rivers is done in, in Indy, if not, if not done for good. But Buffalo – to me, I expected Buffalo to maybe be the biggest uh, point spread of the weekend, and it, it wasn't. We'll get to who it was, but uh, I, I just I was surprised that Buffalo didn't win in, in a more uh, favorite. I just I expected them decisive. to blow. Yeah, yeah, decisive the word I'm looking for. Thank you, sir. But <laughs> decisive fashion. I just I I, I I expected them to 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 really blow the doors off of Indy, and they didn't do that at all. Yeah, I think, you know, and the way that game went down was very different than how I expected. I thought Indy's defense, like if it was going to be close, their defense would have played better. But I mean, Josh Allen got like basically whatever he wanted. I mean, it's they just can't run the ball. So there's no deception going on there. It's just the only running is really Josh Allen running. And I thought with Darius Leonard, Indy would be able to control him a little bit. um, But they just they weren't able to. He's that good right now. Um, but you know, the Bills defense, I just, I've been so underwhelmed with them, especially after how good they've looked the last few years under Sean McDermott. And so it's, it's tough for me to figure out this Bills team because I like, they are so flashy. They do have such big names on offense in terms of 
that elite level production with Diggs and Allen and even Cole Beasley coming on now. I, I I'm I'm a little concerned about them. We'll get to the Ravens, but like I, I think that that win, you know, they deserve to win. They were clearly the better team, but I I don't know that it portends great things this week um, against the Ravens. And they come in as two and a half point favorites at home. Fifty is the over under here on Bovada. I I I don't I, I know you and I both expected the Ravens to be the better team. Uh, you know, of these two coming coming up to this point. And I expected a more decisive win by Buffalo, but I don't know. I think they're pretty close. I think the line's about right. I, I think this game to me is a coin flip, and it just depends on which version of these quarterbacks shows up. I think Josh Allen's been the more consistent of the two this season. Uh, he didn't have COVID. You know, he didn't have, uh, <laughs> you know, no receiving core whatsoever. Uh, but he also didn't have the run game Baltimore has. So you have the the strong run game of Baltimore, the strong passing game of Buffalo, and two defenses that you expect to be better than they are, but neither were great this year. They weren't, but Baltimore at times looked really good. I thought when they got when their injuries hit, they really took a step back. Yep. And now last Especially week they the get Jimmy year. Right, right. But last week they get Jimmy Smith back. They hold Tennessee to thirteen points. They locked down Derrick Henry. I think that's the difference in this game. I think that they're able to, I mean, Josh Allen's a different beast. Don't get me wrong, but Ryan Tannehill was, was pretty awesome down the stretch, especially. And so I think that that, you know, I think that I'm not saying that they're going to be able to shut down Josh Allen by any means, but I think that they're able to slow him down enough to control this game. And I was not impressed with Baltimore in that first quarter, but I thought after that, they really, after that Lamar touchdown run, like it, it seemed like he just, he, you know, it just flipped a switch for them for whatever reason. And I don't know that that carries over to this week, but I, I think that it, it can't hurt. And they're not a team that gets like daunted by cold weather or anything like that. That's going to face them in Buffalo. So I, I, I agree it's a coin flip. So I'll take the two and a half points, you know, I'll take the money line for Baltimore. I just think that they're a really complete team, relatively speaking, I mean, they really don't have a downfield threat, but Marquise Brown's been catching the ball much better. And I just, I don't know. I just, I get the feeling that the momentum is on Baltimore's side right now. And um, and I, I'm leaning towards the Ravens here. Yeah, I, I think I would lean the Ravens as well. And it's, 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 I don't feel great about it because of no, what we saw agree. last week. I just, you know, Lamar Jackson, I feel like he has the tools and it's just, there's been inconsistency with, with him this year that we didn't see a year ago. And I, I just yes. I think this game's going to be really close. I, I could see it coming down to the last player, the last drive. Like, really, you know, those two games both, uh, you know, were close to doing that last week, and, and obviously the Buffalo game did. But yeah, I, I think I'm with I'm with Baltimore. It's really really close for me. I don't feel great about it, but this is the game this weekend that I'm probably most excited to watch, just because I think these two teams are just so close, um, and I, I feel like it could go either way. So and, and also and too, think- go ahead. So I just think either I think it's it's also interesting because either team could win the whole thing. Sure. You know? Yep. So that's what makes it more compelling. It's not just a good matchup between two teams. It's two teams that, you know, if they're able to get over this hurdle, could get over two more hurdles and win it all. Yeah. And Buffalo has a chance to to rewrite, you know, a, a rough history for them in the playoffs. Yes. Which, good point. You know, yeah. And they're at home as well. I mean, this is this is maybe the biggest the biggest game that wasn't a Super Bowl uh, in Buffalo history, I would say. For sure. It sucks that they're not going to have Bills Mafia in, in attendance. But, yeah, and that would totally change my mind, by the way. Like, if they're yeah. able to have the home crowd, of course. Um, but, you know, I yeah, I, the only reason I lean Baltimore is because 
like you say, I mean, I think it's just a complete coin flip. We know that home field advantage basically means nothing this year. And I, I like, I just think Baltimore's defense is the difference. Buffalo's defense has been horrible most of the season. And to give up 24 points to that Colts offense that is really underwhelming in my mind was, I think it's not a great sign of things to come. Yeah, that Hail Mary at the end of the game, by the way. <laughs> oh, by Rivers. That's, that's come rough. on. It's like I thought they were going to put Brissett in there. The guy cannot throw the ball. It's like, come on, this guy's got to be out of the league. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to the other <laughs> AFC matchup. That's going to be Sunday afternoon, and it's the Cleveland Browns. I can't even believe mm. I'm saying it. The Cleveland Browns going into Kansas City, who obviously is coming off of the bye. This is the biggest point spread of the weekend. Chiefs are 10-point favorites at Arrowhead. Uh, 57 is the number. It's been a storybook uh, start to the playoffs for the Browns. I mean, they they went into Pittsburgh and they beat the bricks off of Pit, off the Steelers. And, and really, it started from the first play, obviously, with the bad snap that went over uh, Roethlisberger's head and ended up being uh, a fumble touchdown recovery. Mm-hmm. And, and it was just bad from that point on. He Roethlisberger was horrible the entire game. Could be his last game. Who knows? But either so way, bad. the Browns, for them to get that monkey off their back, never being able to go in Pittsburgh and win, really just – being the younger brother that gets beat up by them every single time they play uh, for them to go in there in the playoffs, you know, both teams relatively healthy at full strength for the most part, uh, aside from the Browns having, you know, not having their head coach and having some offensive <laughs> line issues, you know, at least they had their, their superstars playing for the most part. So it was, it was an impressive win. It was a decisive win. Uh, you, you didn't expect to see a game like that where the Browns put up as many points as they did, but um, I, I have to assume that, that that run comes to an end. I mean, that was 48-37. I didn't expect to see that many points for sure, but the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. I, I just I, I can't see them losing to the Browns at home. I agree, but I will say I don't love laying 10. I mean, Kansas City hasn't covered in two and a half months. Like, they haven't covered again. They've just been getting – and I know the last game of the year, you know, they've got Chad Henney or whoever else – and, you know, that's a joke. So throw that out the window, throw the buy out the window. But there were still, you know, six or seven straight games where they don't cover the spread. I mean, this isn't the Chiefs team that was running away with the league, in my mind, at the in the middle of the season. Like, to the point where, I mean, I think in that AFC title game, they could absolutely lose, assuming they win this. And I do think that the Browns are going to be, like, first of all, they're playing completely with house money at this point. And second, like getting your coach back, I would think that they'll be much more sound. I guess what I'm saying is I don't expect them to win. I would never bet on them. I would parlay the Chiefs in any kind of <laughs> bet that I was looking to do this weekend. But I think that the Browns have are built to like keep games like this sort of like backdoor close, where even if the game doesn't seem like it's a you know like it's out of hand, I I could see the Browns covering the ten points just because they're going to want to take the air out of the ball. They're going to have Stefanski back, so their play calling is going to be a little more conservative and probably a little more sound. So they're not giving up 37 points this week, I'm guessing. Although it's the Chiefs, so who knows? And I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't think the Chiefs have been peaking as well as you, you probably want to see them. I could see them getting out to a slow start, similar to last year after the first round. So I, I, I have the Chiefs winning, but I, I will take the Browns to cover the 10 point spread. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I I, I want to believe that the Browns can cover the spread, but I just don't think they're anywhere. I, I mean, they're, the defense played okay in the first half against the Steelers, and then in the second half it was horrible, and it was primarily because of turnovers. I, if they, if they're, they, the Steelers don't turn the ball over, you know, even if they turn it over half as often as they did in that game, 
they they lost by eleven after after how bad it started. I mean the the Browns had the best first quarter in the history of the NFL playoffs. They were up twenty eight nothing at the end of the first quarter. They were on pace to score a hundred, <laughs> and then you know obviously oh, things slowed down. They they still were able to kind of keep the, the 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 leash long enough that that the Steelers weren't able to catch up. But they did go on a bit of a run in the third quarter. There were moments where you were like, wait, this isn't going to happen, is it? And yeah. I, I just. True. The the class that the Steelers are in, especially at this point in the season, but really even if you look at the season as a whole versus the class that the Chiefs are in, is just so much different. And I just that's true. I, I, Ten points is a lot. I, I'm with you there. I I think the Chiefs cover because they're going to come in and want to want to to show out in this first game of the playoffs. The Chief, the Browns are coming off a bye or not a bye. The Chiefs are coming off a bye. Uh, I I think they they want to show the world that this is still their league, and I I think they blow the Browns out. I think that this. I think this could get ugly early. Uh, I just think that mm. they have too many playmakers. I don't know. Is Denzel Ward going to be back? Because if he's not, he is. That's, he is back. Okay. Well, that, that does make yeah. a difference. Uh, mm-hmm. But still, I mean, nobody can How keep much? up Tyreek Hill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And the Browns have been horrible against uh, tight ends all season. So, you know, Travis Kelsey's going to have a big game. I mean, it's – well, I, I'm not saying that the Browns are a better team or even that they can win. Like, I'm not sure it's it's – like, I, I mean, I, and I, I, you know, most Browns fans don't expect them to win. I'm sure 99% of them, anyone with a brain probably doesn't expect it. But I do think that like, yeah, they're just in the playoffs, 10 points is just so many. And that, I mean, if anyone can do it, it is the Chiefs though. So to that point, I, I could totally see it going that way. But I mean, I like, I think it's going to be. I think it will be an interesting game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Bavada's got it right this weekend, though. Is is basically what we're 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 finding as we're talking through all of these is these these lines are pretty accurate. They're yeah, at least, for at, least sure. at least they feel right, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, if you don't feel really good about one side or the other, then it you know it um, it's probably the right number. It, what, the total is what fifty seven? Did you say? Yeah, fifty seven. Even. Oof, that's a huge number, but you know that the the. Chiefs can do that at any time. So you just got to assume that like the amount of turnovers that happened last week in that Browns game will sort of regress on both sides this week, I would think. So I, I kind of like the under there, but you know, with the Chiefs, it, betting the under is a fool's errand, I feel like. I think it's safe to say the Browns won't score 48 again. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's the same as that. <laughs> All right, let's, let's move on to the last game of the weekend. And this is a, uh, a rematch, obviously. Uh, the Buccaneers will go to New Orleans to take on the Saints. Saints three-point favorites at home on Bovada. 52 is the over-under, and the Bucks have a chance to to beat the Saints for the first time this year. The Saints have had their number. Really, uh, this is the one team, I guess, that that, that the Bucks probably didn't want to face in these playoffs, but you would assume they want that third crack so that they can get that win. Yeah, and I think they'll get it. I, I do. I don't think that the Saints are very good, honestly. Like, I think that they're... They're pretty well-rounded. They might even be the most well-rounded team in the league in terms of their offense and defense. But I think overall, like, Drew Brees is just not the same guy he was. And even last week against the Bears, like, they had ample opportunities to put up points, and they only scored 21. I Like, I don't know. I, I'm not – and I do think that this Bucks team, which we've talked about over the last month, is really rising to the occasion here down the stretch. And – you know, they've got just all those weapons. It didn't seem like Evans was hampered too much at all. And so, like, even if you you assume that Lattimore shuts down Evans as he has repeatedly over his career, like, you still got Godwin, you still got AB, you still got, you know, Gronk. And even without Ronald Jones, like, Leonard Fournette had a pretty good game. 
it just seems like Brady is way better than Breeze at this stage, which is crazy to me. And um, even in the Superdome, you know, you don't have the crowd. I like Tampa. I think that Tampa goes in there and does it. Uh, again, this this one to me, a coin flip, I, I could see it going either way. And it's because these both of these quarterbacks have shown so much inconsistency. I mean, they're both proven. They mm-hmm. both have Super Bowls. Obviously, one's got quite a few more. Uh, and, and I think you're right. I think he is playing better. He hasn't really dealt with injury issues this year for the most part. He's looked he's looked older at times. His arm strength hasn't been there all the time this year. And so, some defenses have been able to put him in a pretzel. But mm-hmm. I I think that we've seen this. This play defense out. has put him in a pretzel. Yeah, this multiple year. times, right? So, yeah, you know, it, it certainly is, is is possible that we could see that again. But it's just I, I hate to say it this way because like it's it's an easy like a cop out. But we've seen playoff Tom Brady so many times. It's like, how many times are you going to bet on him against him? Yeah, like, I, I've bet against him so many times, and I'm, I'm I've been wrong. I bet so against many him times. last week. Yeah, I just I don't know, man. I he looks more youthful, and maybe it's the TB12 diet. Maybe you know, maybe it's uh, you know spending as much time with his son as he does. I don't know, but he has he has that that youthful vibe at 43 or whatever he is it's just i mean i i i don't know i i think that obviously the receiving core that he has the weapons that he has uh you know the saints have kamara they have michael thomas michael thomas catching his first touchdown of the year in the playoffs last week uh they have weapons and i just don't know if drew Brees can can have enough firepower in this game to keep up with that Tampa Bay offense. Cause there's just so many different ways, just the receivers alone. You, you have three number one receivers on that receiving core. Like you, uh, yeah. it's, it's just going to be so difficult to cover all those guys. That's what I, I agree. Like, I mean, the, I think the the new Orleans best, the saints best hope is to do what they're de- like to really hang their hat on their defense again. And sort of, like you said, put Brady into a pretzel, get pressure with the front and, you know, just shut them down. But I like, he just scored 31 against, you know, a pretty good defense, probably a better defense in Washington. I mean, maybe it's close, but I like if this turns into any kind of shootout, I just don't like Breeze's chances. And, you know, and the Bucks are going to bring back, you know, Devin White will play this week. And, you know, they've got Carlton Davis to guard Michael Thomas. I like I don't know. I know that they've played twice, but it just feels more like a revenge game type of situation than like the Bucks feeling that they're, you know, the worst team over two games, you know? And then I think that part of that equation is Tom Brady, just assuming he's going to win every single game of the playoffs. And, you know, I, I mean, it's going to be a fascinating game. I don't think that either of these teams are better than green Bay. I don't think either of these teams are better than any of three teams in the AFC. So it's not as intriguing to me as that bills game that, that we talked about the bills Ravens game. Yep. But I do think that it's, you know, just from an historic perspective, it's a must watch. And, um, and, you know, like you said, it's because it's a coin flip, because it's the playoffs and because they can, they could win this Super Bowl. It's just going to take some, some upsets. It's, it's obviously super compelling. I'm, I'm like, just not really sure. And so I'll take the points and I'll, I'll take the dog in the game because I do think that it should just be basically a straight up battle. As a Packers fan, would you rather have a revenge opportunity with Tampa Bay or would you rather, would you rather take on the older feeling Drew Brees next week? Yeah, I would rather play the Saints. I think that he, I think that Brees in Lambeau is a problem. That's going to be a problem for him, um, even if that Saints D is better. And there's, 
you know, like Brady's played in the winter and, you know, and those three guys, as you point out, like, it's just tough. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's a tough, tough match. I, I like, I, I mean, the, the NFC, there's clearly three, the three teams that are most likely to, to move on this, this weekend. Of, of those three, I mean, I could see it going either way. I just think Green Bay has, uh, their, their offense is just like historically good. And, and Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers has, he, he's at his best this year. I mean, we, we always talked about Aaron Rodgers being the most technical uh, quarterback and, and having the tools. I mean, he he's making it look easy this season. And it's not yeah. it's not just because of Devontae Adams. Yeah, Devontae Adams has had ridiculous numbers this year. Um, but he, he – I mean, he's he's getting – you think about all the, the passes that MVS dropped this year that, that could have been touchdowns. Like, I know. There, there, there's just it, – it, he's toying with defenses. The only team that made him look bad this year was Tampa Bay. And I don't. Yeah. I, I think Rodgers would be chomping at the bit for the opportunity to write that ship. So that's, that's the most interesting to me. Uh, be, but but yeah, I, I think if I were a Packers fan, I, I agree. I'd rather play the Saints just because there's less. There there are, there are less weapons you have to game plan for with New Orleans, and I don't think Michael Thomas is the same. Maybe it's conditioning. I don't know. I know he missed time. I know he was suspended. I know he's had a rough season because because we know what he can be. Uh, mm-hmm. And he had a good game last week, but I just there's less. Kamara's amazing, but there's less you have to game plan for uh, with New Orleans. So as a, totally. as, a, as a as a fan, if I were the Packers fan, I, I'd want to play the Saints. But I as a as a as a neutral fan, I'd rather see Tampa Bay Green Bay. I think Battle of be, the Bays. That'd be, <laughs> that'd be an awesome electric game. Obviously, it'd probably be the most highly rated game of the year. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that that'd be more. More fun, probably, as a neutral observer, but I, yeah, as a Packer fan, I, and I agree completely. Michael Thomas just does, I know he's only, what, 28? He does not look the same at all. Something's up with him. Um, and, you know, like, even if you were to shut down with the Bucks, even if you were to shut down one of those three guys, like, Antonio Brown could go off for 180 yards in any given game. Chris Godwin is probably their best of those three. And and then you've got Gronk and, you know, Braid and any, anybody else is just, really tough to picture, but I, I think that it's going to be interesting. And the one guy that we haven't really talked about is Aaron Jones and like, you know, all the frustration for fantasy owners all year about Aaron Jones leading to this point where, you know, we should, this should be, this is what you save him for, right? Like this is potentially the last two or three weeks or one week, even of the Aaron Jones and green Bay era. Like this is what you're waiting for. And so you know, there's they should unleash him both in the pass and the run game, and I think that that's an added feature of this Packers offense that maybe they haven't tapped into it much at all this year, and that that could add you know another dimension to what they've got planned. I'm starting to wonder if they're saving him for next year's Pro Bowl because we <laughs> we, we know that uh, this year's is canceled. It's like well, <laughs> unleash the guy for God's sake. Like, we all Lord. know we all know the talent. We've all seen it. Just let the yeah. guy, let him play. But they haven't really needed honestly. Like you don't need to run him into the ground if, if you can do if you can get everybody involved in the pass game and, and beat teams that way. Like Aaron Rodgers is having fun out there. Like it's not yeah. it doesn't look difficult for him. He's he's like he's got that that you know that that smirk on his face after every like throw. <laughs> it's just like, yes, I just did that. Yes, it was easy. Like it, it's just I mean I I'm envious uh that you have a quarterback that's healthy that has an offensive line that uh <laughs> able to utilize the tools that God gave him this year. Um, I know. And I think that Matt LaFleur does deserve a lot of credit for that because it, it looks easy, I think, because it is in many cases. I mean, Rodgers and LaFleur and Adams have some kind of 
wild mind meld going on right now where they're able to get people free. And, you know, I'm sorry, I'm totally boning up over the Packers right now, but it's been fun and I know <laughs> that it could end at any point. So um, I'm just trying to be excited. Right I, I am. Unapologetically, it's okay. Could be the um, last time. Yeah, I'm excited for you. A big weekend in the NFL. <laughs> Obviously, this is, you know, primarily an NFL fantasy show, so we wanted to lead with that. I did want to hear your reaction to a couple big things that happened here in these last few days. Uh, the big one in the college football world was that Alabama ran away with the uh, the NCAA college football playoff title. Uh, what did you think? Uh, I, you know, obviously it wasn't very close. I think they were the best team all season. They proved it. Anything that uh, stood out to you in that ball game? I mean, I like it wasn't evident to me that Alabama was clearly the best team all season, and I made the mistake of betting on Ohio State because we didn't have many common opponents, and that was just a laughable mistake. Like what they what they ended up being at the end was like so clearly head and shoulders above what clearly was the second best team because the way Ohio State handled the Clemson made it evident that they deserved to be in that game, and like I mean they just got the you know, break speed off them. So I like, this is a, this is a, an amazing team led by an amazing, amazing receiver. I mean, in a normal year, I think we would appreciate Devonte Smith even more than we did this year. Just like his ability to get away from people at this level is, is insane to me. I, he made a potential first round pick and Sean Wade just look embarrassed. And so I, yeah, I, I think that, um, his excellence is what, what like I'll remember about this specific Alabama team and also Matt Jones just being like a total fatty leading team to a title, which is hilarious to me. Yeah, I mean, he, he may have cemented himself as a first-round pick, but how, how high do you think yeah. Devontae Smith can go? I mean, he's he's generational talent level of receiver. I mean, we saw Justin Jefferson last year with LSU and that ridiculous roster. He's had some success. He broke Randy Moss's records his rookie year. Uh, mm-hmm. with with Minnesota, but how, how high do you think Devontae Smith can go, and what what class would you put him in? I mean, can he be an elite top 10 receiver in the NFL? Uh, I mean, he could step on the field and be a top 10 receiver. I mean, where, where do you put Justin Jefferson right now? I think he's probably top 10-ish, right? He's right in that conversation. Top 20. Um, top 20 for sure. I, I, I think Devontae Smith, I mean, he's totally different because he's obviously so much smaller, but like <laughs> – like he was racing. You want to talk about things looking easy for Aaron Rodgers? How easy did it look for Devontae Smith just running free? I, like it's not like it's a mystery. Ohio State's got five star recruits all over their defense, a really good defensive mind, good coaching, and Devontae Smith just running circles around them, two hundred yards in the first half. And with like, I don't think Matt Jones is that good. So like, De- Devontae Smith is just incredible to me, and and uh, I would I would say he could go as high as number three overall in this draft. And, um, and I think that he's, he's a top 10 receiver within the next three years. Love it. All right, let's close it out. Wanted to just, I mean, obviously we talk NBA here and there on this show, uh, more in the past, obviously, but a big trade in the NBA today. We saw James Harden get traded to Brooklyn. This was part of a three team deal, right? Was it three or four? Mm -hmm. Four, four, yeah. Cause Indiana, Indiana, Cleveland, uh, Brooklyn and Houston all involved in Mm -hmm. this one. I think. Uh, this is one of those rare trades where you feel kind of like every team won or every team got as good as what you could have expected out of it. Uh, what was your immediate reaction? Obviously Harden rejoins Kevin Durant. Kyrie's going to be there, but the depth on, on Brooklyn is, is pretty much evaporated with this trade and their future as far as draft picks did as well. Uh, but how, how did you feel about it? What was your immediate reaction? Who do you think were the big winners? 
Um, my immediate reaction was, I can't believe Houston traded him to Brooklyn. Like, I just could not believe that that happened, especially with there was a lot of smoke around the possibility of like a Ben, ben Simmons, Matisse Tybal, maybe a, a first rounder from the from the Sixers. Like, I, I would have rather done that than what Brooklyn ended up packaging up. But getting Oladipo helps. I don't know what their plans are with him. Maybe maybe they sign him. I know he's a free agent after this year. It seems like a money grab um, from their owner. But, like, you know, it, you're right. I think that they did pretty well. Eight, basically, potentially eight picks. I Four of those are optional pick swaps, which, like, we're assuming that they basically get those. But Brooklyn, like, you're not going to swap Houston's pick with Brooklyn for the next two years at minimum, right? Like, so I don't see that happening. Um I, I don't know. I think that they could have probably done better, but if they're like looking to totally tank it and tear it down to the studs, then they they couldn't have gotten more picks for sure. And I don't think it's the worst idea to try to get Brooklyn's picks this year because I could see this Brooklyn team getting blown up. We have a group chat and I completely agreed with some of your assessments, which is, you know, like this is the most unlikable team of stars. And I know you've hated the Warriors for a long time. This team is clearly more unlikable in my mind just because those three guys two of those three are just like the worst of the worst they all and really all three of them and i mean it's just god what a what a garbage like whatever if they if they do well then it's probably because they're all actually playing but Kyrie is like partying you know like just leaving the team for whatever reason what is his deal they're, oh, for sure. And we, we saw that at the end of the Cleveland run, but he's gotten so much worse in the head, I feel like, since then. And I don't know. I hate it. I love Cleveland's end of it. I like just objectively, it's not like they got like the super duper star, you know, but to get, you know, an all starish center for nothing, basically a late first is wild to me. And I, I know you mentioned Exxon and I'll defer to you a little bit on that, but like it's just. It's wild to me that that's all they had to give up to get uh, like a really solid player in Jared Allen. Yeah, I mean Exum, Torian Prince. There's not much difference there. I, I like Exum. I, I was really high on him when he was in Utah. I thought he could be, you know, he, he had that 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 taller, big build point guard. Like I just, you know, obviously Penny Hardaway, my guy. I was attracted right. to that about him, and he was a good defender. But he's mm-hmm. battled injuries in his career. He's, he's not a quick point guard, so like he's he's not going to beat you. Um, but he'll fill a stat sheet when you give him minutes. Um, but yeah, he's he's hurt. He has a calf uh, a calf strainer. I know he's out four to six weeks, so he, he was going to be hurt anyway. You bring in Jared Allen. I mean, I think the Cavs did as well as you could expect if if they're going to be part of a trade like that. And then I like what Indiana got out of it too. I mean, they get Karis LeVert. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Karis LeVert is like the under, undersung hero of this trade because he's been filling in for Kyrie being out and, and Durant, you know, obviously sitting out games with an injury as well. And Karis LeVert has put up the, by far the best numbers of, of his career, and he's not mm-hmm. too far removed from a devastating injury. I mean – to That's see right. him put up the numbers that he's been able to put up, I know he had his career high a few games ago. Uh, I think he's going to flourish in Indiana. And then you you have a backcourt now of Malcolm Brogdon, who's having by far the best year of his career. You couple him with Karis LeVert at the shooting guard position. And then DeMontis Sabonis as a big. Indiana is interesting to me. They're good Turner's been really good, too. Yeah. yeah. I love yeah. I love the Pacers roster now. And, and Oladipo's good, but... He's not the same player coming off of a big injury himself. So uh, we'll yeah. see if he earns a contract in Houston. But Houston now has John Wall and Victor Oladipo as their backcourt. I mean, Christian Wood's excellent. Uh, they're mm-hmm. trying. I've heard PJ Tucker's been inquired about to see. We'll see if he gets moved. But 
Houston to me is like, I don't, if you're rebuilding fine, but where it stands today, like they have a lot of players that were once all-star caliber. Yeah. Eric Gordon. Yeah. Cousins. They've got a weird group. Yeah. So I I think, I think all teams got what they wanted to out of it. But to me, it was, it was exciting to see a big trade. I just, what it did and how much I'm going to hate Brooklyn going forward is it's, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be Warriors-esque. Who do you hate more, Brooklyn or like Brooklyn plays the Lakers in the finals? That's the I think that's I would the Lakers. Yeah, I think I would do, and that's that's pathetic. But it's yeah, the truth. I agree. I bet that Brooklyn team is like if you had to line up the most unlikable players in the league, they have two or three of the top five or six probably. <laughs> like that's yeah, no such doubt. a bad mix. And I just can't stand Kyrie right now. And like I, I think I I hate it even more if he does come back. And because like now you're a front runner, you know, like why couldn't you be there, especially last year when Durant was out? Like you've got your chance to sort of turn things around. This team gave you a max deal, and you're just sitting out games and not even like totally not even around the organization. It seems like it's it's crazy to me that like the lack of loyalty in this league right now. Yeah, it's bizarre. I mean, there's there's things we could, we could complain about things going on, but. It is what it is, and uh, you know, I, this this at least makes an East West interesting this year because obviously we 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 saw the West run the league for a few years and then things shifted a bit, and I think it's starting to even out a little bit more again. Um, yeah, this certainly does help with the balance of power in the NBA, which I, I always like. I always like the two conferences to be as even as possible. So we'll see. You think Brooklyn it, wins the East? No. With that being said, no, I, I agree. I, I think this, I, don't think... I think this is going to blow up in their face. For sure. Oh, like, I think someone's going to get hurt. I mean, not rooting Kyrie for Kyrie and Harden but... are going to hate each other. They're both ball-dominant <laughs> guys. They're going to hate each other. I, I just can't even picture it. Like, I, you know, Look you think that's like what Russell Westbrook did for, the, for, for, for James Harden. It, didn't, it just doesn't work. You can bring no. as many ball-dominant stars together as you want. Chris Paul, none of it works. Like, this is going to be no different. Like no, yeah, it's not. You can do two of those. Three guys, I just even. trade Kyrie. Get like ship him off to like. Wish there was a team like who's in Canada still. Well, Toronto's too good. <laughs> yeah, ship him. Yes. Ship him like to. Who's the Miami. worst team? Go, who's the worst play. team? Ship him to the worst team in the NBA and get everything for him. I, I just, Charlotte or something. There you go. Yeah, get Terry Rozier, my guy. There you go. There you go. But yeah, we'll see how it plays out, but I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. But uh, yeah, big weekend of the NFL. Obviously, the NBA is in full swing, but uh, we'll be watching a lot of football this weekend, aren't you? Anything you wanted to add Will we listen, let our listeners get to their uh, divisional round weekend? Let's hope we're still talking Packers next week, buddy. That's all I have to say about that. I'm rooting for you. Our time has come to an end on the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour. For Anshu Kana, I am Josh Dunn. We'll see you next week.